Hey, y'all, before we get into today's episode, I have two big favors to ask you. The first one is, if there is something that you want me to do an episode on or a question you want me to answer or something you wish that I was talking about more, head to brooke-monahan.com podcast and you can submit those questions or ideas there. This is really going to help me to create some episodes that are as helpful for you as possible and supportive for you. And maybe you get to hear me talk for like a half hour about something you want to know more about. So I don't know. It's a win-win. So that's brooke-monahan.com slash podcast. Just remember it's M-O-N-A-G-H-A-N. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. The second favor is that if you have been enjoying this show, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts make a really big difference. I have not been great about asking for them, but I am asking you now. I have my hands together in a pleading gesture (laughs) It would mean so much to me if you would go on there and leave me a rating and review and even share the show with people who you know need to hear it. I've put so much time and love and energy into the show over the years, and I'm at a point now where I know people need to be hearing these conversations, and I need to do my part at getting these conversations out there more, but I also know I can't do it alone. So I would appreciate that so, so much. You're listening to Transcend Your Dichotomy the podcast where we break the rules that say we have to leave ourselves behind in pursuit of success. I'm Brooke Monahan, and I created the show for purpose-driven business owners. Together, we'll talk about how to go for your goals, have an impact, all while honoring yourself, your desires, and your values. There comes a time in your life where enough people have told you, hey, Do you know this person? You must know this person that you finally stop and go, you know what? I think I need to know that person. And that was the case with me and Nikki Groom. (laughs) People kept telling me, you must know Nikki Groom. She is like all about what you're about. How do you not know Nikki Groom? So I looked up Nikki Groom. I needed to know Nikki Groom. And now I've been on Nikki Groom's podcast. Nikki Groom's coming on my podcast. And small world, we found out that she lives in the town that I used to live and work in. It's so weird. Anyways, I hope for your sake that you were not drinking every time that I said Nikki Groom, but you're gonna love today's episode. All joking aside, hail is a force of nature. Nikki Groom is on a mission to help rising leaders recognize their worthiness, own their power, and amplify their impact without checking their integrity at the door. Yes, please. She's the author of A Power of Your Own, How to Ignite Your Potential, Uncover Your Purpose, and Blaze Your Own Trail in Life and Business, a business brand and marketing strategist, and the creator of the Movement Makers Mastermind, which is a small business growth accelerator. Nikki hosts the Movement Makers podcast. Maybe you pop over there and listen to my episode on the show to see if you're into it. She's the founder of the 100 Stories Worth Telling Project and acts as an advisor for social entrepreneurs and enterprises. She's been involved in dozens of projects and partnerships that focus on empowering women in business. Nikki and I had a whole journey of a conversation about how she got into this work. She is like such a veteran of the online business world. She's been doing this for a long time. Um, But also the types of people that she works with and how she helps people find their message and their voice to have an impact and tell their story. And we also get into some things about how I think um, sometimes the message around 
ethical business can actually make people really scared to share their message. Um, people who have a lot of integrity and are afraid of doing something wrong, it kind of can can force people to not speak up. And so we, we touched on that as well. Nikki was willing to go there with me. And so I was so glad that she was. All right. I hope that you love this episode. I really think that you will. And if you want to check out more from Nikki, Definitely find the Movement Makers podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast. Some of my favorite people have been on that show. So I know there's some great conversations on there. And you can also go to nikkigroom.com slash book and get a free chapter of the book and see if that is something you want to dive into next. Hi, Nikki. I am so excited to be chatting with you today. It's long overdue. Hey, Brooke. I know. I so agree. We were joking about the tech meltdown we had last time. We tried to chat, or I had. Like, I should probably just own that it was on my end of things. But yes, I'm very grateful to be chatting, finally. Hey, when it comes to tech, it's I mean, there's there's really not that much that you can do. It's no. out of your hand. It's just, it's, it's a lesson in surrender. That's right? it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lesson in surrender. Well, yeah, I'm so excited to have you. I kind of briefly introduced you um, at the top of the episode, but would you like to tell people a little bit more about what you do and how you started doing what you do? And people love a good like entrepreneurial journey story on this show. So really as much or as little as you want to share, we're here for it. Yeah, I guess that the the way that I am describing the work that I do is that I am passionate about amplifying the voices of women and under, underrepresented folks who are leading change. So uh, I have a podcast myself called Movement Makers. Um, and those tend to be the types of folks that I'm working with people who are not only necessarily in business for themselves, but they're actually trying to do something with that business, create some kind of difference in their industry, um, using their influence for good. So it really excites me and lights me up. Um, I've been working for myself for coming up for 10 years, which feels like a gazillion years. Um, And I always talk about my business as being this real evolution. As I evolved, as I began to learn what work I wanted to be doing, uh, the kinds of people that I love to work with. That has all evolved over the time. But for the first five years of my business, it's funny, I feel like I kind of get this five-year itch. I was primarily copywriting. And so copywriting for online business owners and really helping them to get to the heart of their message and help them communicate in a way that really made other people feel seen and heard and understood. Um, And then from there, I moved more into uh, strategies So really, I'm a business brand and marketing strategist, but it goes so much deeper than that. And I've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible folks who are doing really great work in the world. Um, A lot of pretty sought after keynote speakers, best-selling authors and people like that. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm happy to sort of dig into my story however you see fit. I'm sure there's some questions there. 10 years is a lot of time to cover. So I don't, I don't want to drone on, but yes. No. Oh, first of all, droning on is always like where the good <laughs> stuff is No, But, um, but uh, so immediately when you say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, 10 years in the online business world is like a hundred years anywhere else. You know what yeah, I mean? Because I feel like it's just, <laughs> <laughs> you were like a really, like, you're just like a, a, a real veteran, I guess, as they say. Um, and I'm curious to know, like, so when you started working for yourself, was it in an online business? Yes. In yeah. fact, that's why I love that things have changed as they have in the last, gosh, 20 years 
when I first saw social media becoming a thing and then began following certain people as a result of the blog posts they were writing um, or the eBooks that they were putting out into the world, I was like, wow, this is so cool. I think I could do this too. And so I built my business through social media in the beginning. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like things were just so different then. I don't even know because to be honest, like I stumbled upon this like three years ago and truly like even then I just had no idea like what was even happening in the online business like business development world I kind of like started my consulting business and then I started getting more clients online and then slowly I was like wait like what's what's a coach huh Like, what's this business coaching thing? Like, what are these? Oh my gosh, these people are doing. And I just thought it was so cool that people had like kind of carved out these little really niche things for themselves. Um, And you were doing that at a time when it was even less known. Like, it's it's so funny I'm saying this now because I feel like it's so obvious to everybody, but I still talk to people who have no idea what I do. Like, it's so foreign to them. So. It is like, I feel like the online space kind of becomes like, it's a bit of a bubble to some extent. So yeah, I remember that I would kind of see certain people as these like celebrities, online celebrities. Yeah. And then I'd speak yeah. to my friends about them and they had zero clue who they were. And it's so amazing how we put so much stock in people like that, um, which I know is something that you talk about. Uh, yeah. And you actually talked about on my podcast. I love that conversation. But yeah, it's uh, it's a funny little world. And you had mentioned somebody's name earlier and I always jot down the names because it's like you think you know everybody, but there's always more people to discover, which is a it's, great reminder on competition as well, because I think sometimes it can feel overwhelming to see so many people doing something similar to you. Like, how can I possibly differentiate myself? But I think yeah. there's enough business for all of us. So, Oh, my gosh. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially like when you see that a lot of the people who are really They've kind of like risen to, I hate to even say like risen to the top. I'm like air quoting like the top, you know, people who are really well known. I think at this point, people are getting really sick of like this very kind of, I don't know, like almost like tired approach to things. But those people are still getting so many like new followers and new people into their programs and stuff. And so when I think about that, I'm like, yeah, of course there's room for all of us because I see people who are not well known, who are doing things in like a really cool, interesting way. And I'm like, wow, you could help so many of those people and they just don't even have any idea that you exist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. A, fr- a friend of mine called it the meathead rise to the top. <laughs> <laughs> um which amused me. I think that, uh, yeah, there are a lot of people out there. It it almost seems like they're not putting in very much effort and just sort of teaching like the bare bones basics. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's a lot of room for people who have really deepened into their work, who have lots of experiences, different perspectives to totally. um, really come into their own. And we perhaps won't do it in the same way as those people got where they are. Um, yep. But I think there's still opportunity for influence and impact. Absolutely. And actually, I'm really like um, optimistic about where things are going because I feel like, and maybe this is just something that I'm feeling. I don't know if, I don't know if you're noticing this, but I feel like people, what people respond to is changing a lot in terms of like marketing. I think that people are like, 
I think that people can smell like bullshit from like three miles away. Like I think that people have gotten so much more like keyed into that. I also think that people have gotten a bit more like contemplative maybe about like what they, I don't know. There was once a time where I think it was a lot easier to sell the get rich quick idea. And I think that that has gotten so much harder that now it's like you're seeing this thing where we're all having to adapt to like being more real and telling the truth more and realizing that like that's really what's going to make the difference in this vulnerability thing. And a lot of people just are not built for that, you know, and I think I'm really optimistic because I think that it's really going to to help um, a lot of people who we we wish were better known be, I don't know, like have an advantage. Yeah, I love that you see it optimistically and I'm going to try and soak in some of that that hope because I I think the best example of that is when you read the comments. So either yeah. the comments on someone's paid ad or the comments on someone's TikTok video and you see people rip people to shreds. Oh it's like if you make any kind of empty promises or yeah, like I did this in this space of time and you can do it too, like you are right. People are over that. And um, yeah. I think that there are lots of challenges with the ways in which social media and the online space are changing. And it can sometimes feel hard to know how to keep up with that. Um, mm-hmm. But I like that you frame it in that hopeful way because you are right. Like people are just over the empty stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think it gives us more room to show up as our really authentic selves and actually teach stuff um, that 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 helps people. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're just catching me on a good day, Nikki. Anyone who <laughs> listens know, knows that I am like, I get on here and I'm just like, fuck Instagram. Like I will, I go into the depths of like the, the, uh, pessimism all the time. I'm very cynical today. I'm feeling optimistic about it. So I don't know. Talk to me in a few days. It's we'll, really we'll both funny try to hang on to this. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I'm like usually a total optimist and then I'm like, I feel like I'm <laughs> Like this is a little bit of a bitch fest over here that I'm having, but, um, but no, I, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people who are experiencing extraordinary success. We don't need to talk about whether or not they deserve it. I just think that sometimes it can be very daunting and intimidating for people who are trying to get there too. And I think what we're both saying is that there's room, you know, there's, there's opportunity there. Um, maybe opportunity that wasn't there before. Yeah. And Let's say that you figured out how to nail doing exactly what they're doing and you could also experience that quote unquote success. You wouldn't like it because that's not actually what like for people who are having real conversations, people that you and I work with who actually care about making an impact and care about having something that has a real purpose and care about really changing things. You, I promise, would get there and be like, I don't want to do this. And you just end up doing something else anyway. So I'm just like, let's just not even chase that. And I personally, oh my gosh, everyone who listens and it has coaching calls with me knows that this fucking Roomba, I'm grateful for the Roomba for vacuuming for me. And also it gets stuck on things and then it does that. And I'm just your Roomba. That was my Roomba telling me that it ate a cord. You know, we have a Maybe we don't have a Roomba because ours doesn't speak to us. I think we have like a knockoff Roomba. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I think that 
that, you know, I've, I've learned for myself and I, I, I'm sure that you can speak to this too, because you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. It's like, you can figure out how to do things that way too, and build a marketing machine if you want to. And I promise you, as those clients start to land in front of you and you start to realize they're not actually the people that you want to help them with, or that's not actually the thing that you want to help them with, you're not even going to like it. So you may as well have the business where you're like doing something with a little bit more depth. Know that you're not going to be for everybody. People are going to come and go, but the people who stick with it, like who stick with you are going to be like, it is going to be so much more rewarding. And I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling optimistic about it today. What can I say? Yeah, I think the best clients in my experience have always, have have never been the ones who read an email, you know, or or saw a paid ad and acted like the first time they saw me. Like they've never, they've never been the the clients that really stood the test of time. Whereas exactly like you say, the people who, who are in my orbit, who stay in my orbit, who love what I'm putting down, who I get to know, who I take the time to get to know. Like those mm-hmm. relationships mean so much more than like a quick connection that yeah. might happen on yeah. one platform or another. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. So now your work has evolved and now you are working with people who are creating change, but really on like using their voice. More. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So tell us more about that. Like there's like speaking as a part of that, but I imagine it goes deeper than just it being about speaking. Yeah. It's, I mean, in my mind, it's strategic communications, but people keep telling me that that means nothing to them. So (laughs) I'll try and break it down, but yeah, absolutely. I've been working with a lot of speakers. Um, so if you have a business, um, that you want to grow, if you have a brand that you want to build, and if you just want to take your insights and ideas and lived experiences and turn them into a really powerful message that really influences and impacts other people, then that's what I want to help you do. Um, sometimes Mm -hmm. that might look like crafting a keynote talk for you. Sometimes that Mm -hmm. might look like building out a website for you, writing your website copy or coaching you through writing it yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. But yes, that's, uh, that's really the work. And then, you know, as I had mentioned at the beginning, I call it sort of business brand and marketing strategy because um, mm-hmm. my work falls into all of those buckets. I think you can't have one without the other, um, but it does go so much deeper than that. So I do also help people with their marketing strategy, but it's not just a case of where should I show up and how often, but how can I show up in a way that's authentic to me, that does resonate with other people, that really helps me become known for my area of expertise and leaves people in no doubt that they want to work with me. So it's it's more about really truly leading with empathy, understanding mm. your audience and making sure that you're owning everything that makes you amazing and great. Mm. So, mm. and the communication piece is always that connecting piece. Like, how do we say this? How do we write this? Um, so that's that's kind of the area that I'm always playing in. And so often, you know, especially whether we've been doing our work for three years or 10 years, it can be hard to really distill down everything that we know, everything that we think um, into you know, a couple sentences. And so it can be really helpful to partner with somebody else in that process. So they can say, well, here are the themes that I keep hearing coming up for you. And it seems like your work is at the intersection of this and this and this. And I think that this really is your message. And that's at the core of everything that you do and and all of your work. So um, it's a really, yeah, it's, it's, 
my work is fun and uh, and it's meaningful as well because it's really helping people to um, to do the kind of work that lights them up. Yeah. So when people first come and and I I want to like bookmark. I'm going to write it down for myself too, but I want to bookmark. You said leading from empathy and really understanding your audience. I really want to come back to that because um, that's not something that I hear people talk about a lot and I know exactly what you mean and we need to have the conversation. But before we have that conversation, um, when people first come to you, like what's what do you find people are usually stuck with? Because I, I know that a lot of people listening are wanting to do exactly what you just said, right? Like they're wanting to get their ideas out there. They're wanting to like package these ideas and kind of like gift them to their community and maybe get on stages or start a podcast or something like that. And I think that for them, for a lot of the people that I talk to, it's like the the idea of doing that is so daunting. Um, like, where do I start? And so I'm wondering, with most of the people that you work with, like, where are they? And where, how do you start with them? What's that kind of like first step that you kind of walk people through? Yeah, I always and I and I help my clients with this as well. But I always look at my clients as kind of on this journey. So there are some clients who maybe are at the beginning of their journey, and maybe they haven't even really thought about speaking as a way to communicate with others and really establish their credibility. Maybe they're just trying to think about how they can talk about what they do, be it an elevator pitch, be it their website copy, be it social media captions, be it blog posts, be it PR articles in a way that sets them apart and that helps people immediately understand what they do. So that's probably something that they're trying to grapple with. Like how, like there are so many people who are business coaches or there are so many people who um, are doing the same work as me. And how do, how do I sound different? I think I'm different, Mm -hmm. but how do I sum that up? And so people will Mm -hmm. always say to me, like, I don't know how to talk about what I do. And we were just joking before this conversation that I just finished writing my homepage and I love doing this stuff for other people, but I spent like a gazillion days it felt like writing my homepage so I get it like it can be tough we get in our own heads we have all these ideas swirling around so how do we get that out of our heads and onto paper so that's something that I'll help people with at the very early stages and then a little bit further along or maybe even a lot further along I oftentimes work with professional speakers who have business to business consulting companies or their executive coaches. And they're really building multiple six, if not seven figure businesses. And so they're looking to make sure that, you know, Fortune 500 companies notice them, see them as the real deal. They're looking to get hired for uh, speaking events where they might get paid 10,000, 20,000, sometimes even up to 40 or $50,000 for a keynote. Um, They oftentimes will want to really build, I call it their body of work in terms of, you know, maybe they'll want a podcast or maybe we'll figure out some really amazing pillar articles that they can write that really help them become known for the right reasons. But they're looking for all of the different touch points that they can align so that they really um, raise their profile in the best possible way and get in front of the right types of people. Um, But yes, does that, yeah, does that sum yeah, it up? totally. <laughs> and like, tell me if I'm off on this because I always feel like so. This idea of having like a body of work, right? This is something that just recently, like probably over this past year, I has started to feel tangible to me for the first time. Where I'm like, oh, I've actually, I keep feeling like I'm 
like changing my mind or wasn't quite sure what I was doing, whatever. And now I'm getting to a point where I'm like, oh, it was all about the same thing actually. And it all made sense. And there was this through line. And now I'm getting to a point where I feel like I can, I, there's like this depth to what I do where I can point people toward, oh, well, that's this concept and that's right. And it feels so nice now, but I also remember being at the beginning and being like, how am I supposed to do that though? Like, again, it feels very daunting. And for me, like I always tell people who are at the very beginning, like it just, you just have to start. Like you just have to, you just have to start doing something and allow yourself to possibly get it wrong. Allow yourself to find out that actually it's, nope, it's not that, it's this. And like over time, you're going to look back and be like, whoa, look at all the stuff that I did. And then you can kind of pull it together. But you can't really do that if you don't just, you can't, in, I guess what I'm saying is you can't sit down at the very beginning and invent all of that. You need to have like gone through the process, I think, of trying to put it out there and working through it. And eventually you have all of these pieces that then you can kind of make sense of. Does that, is that right? Yeah. I like how we're both asking each other if we're making sense. <laughs> we should just assume that we are. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I think no one likes to be a beginner, right? And true. building a body of work is by its very nature an evolutionary process. And so mm. when we think about bodies of work, usually we go to um, what artists create. And when you mm -hmm. think about when an artist is just getting started and you can think of about some of the greats out there, be it Van Gogh mm -hmm. or whoever else, that art looked very different in the early days than it mm -hmm. did at the end. And so mm -hmm. I think that when it comes to creating our own body of work, um, positioning ourselves in a way that communicates what is meaningful to us and mm -hmm. maybe even ways that we can help others, I think it's totally okay to, you know, look at old blog posts and cringe or think, gosh, that wasn't quite it. There's a quote from good old Oprah that I always come back to, which is that there are no wrong paths. And she was talking about life, but I think it also applies to anything that we create. Like this, like I loved how you talked about the through line that you noticed in your work. Mm -hmm. I was talking about some of the work that I'm moving into uh, with Jada Selna on her podcast the other day. And she said, yeah, she said, you know, I see that through line for you. It's been so many years and she's seen me doing similar work for a long time or talking about similar things. Um, but it's just about continuing to tune into what's important to you and then communicating that to the outside world. Um, and that can that can be a painting, right? But it can also be like a really amazing medium article that you just mm -hmm. pour your heart and soul into. It can be a podcast like this. I mean, you're building your body of work with this podcast in terms mm -hmm. of how intentional you are about choosing your guests and the conversations that you're having and the way that you're having them. You're mm -hmm. telling people so much about who you are, what you want to be known for, the values that you have and things like that. So yeah, I think whenever we're being more visible and we're showing up and we're creating in public it's really an opportunity to create that body of work that does really help us stand out yeah yeah and like if you don't look back at the stuff that you did before and think eh, that wasn't great or that wasn't quite right it probably just means that like you didn't learn you weren't growing <laughs> and so, yeah like I've deleted a lot of old blog posts I'm not gonna lie <laughs> but you know and when and yeah. even like when I talking about the beginner thing as well even when I listen back to early episodes of my podcast like my style has changed so much Me my too. interview style um but 
but I kind of like having it there as this reminder, even with my Instagram account. I mean, if you scrolled and scrolled and scrolled, we're going to go back a ways to before I even had a business. And, uh, and I've never archived that old stuff, that old stuff. I just kind of let it sit there. And, you know, I think that makes us interesting as human beings. We're all on journeys. No, none of us have reached this point of perfection. We're all uh, still trying to figure it. I'll say that again. We're all just trying to figure things out. Um, yeah. So yeah, we should embrace yeah. that. Yeah. I have left all of my, the beginning, the beginning of this podcast that used to have a different name and it was very different. It was like, it was so different and I've left it all up. And I tell people all the time, like, if you want to hear what the, like go back, why don't you go back and listen to a first, like a, some of those first episodes, because you're going to see like, I was not all like this, this developed, you know, but this is also why sometimes I get really angry <laughs> Sometimes I get like really enraged and I have to like put my phone down or like get myself off of social media because I will see somebody say something like, if you don't have this much experience under your belt or if you don't have this, then like I don't want to hear you talking about X, Y, or Z. Or like there's all these people saying that they're experts on this, but like they haven't actually done. And on the one hand, I'm like, okay, if you're being deceitful in your marketing, absolutely. I have an issue with that. Don't position yourself as somebody who can do something that you can't, of course. And also where are people supposed to start? Can we give each other a break? Because every single person has to start somewhere. And I remember when I was first starting, like I really, it took me Every single time that I put anything out there, I needed to go through this whole thing in my head about how I deserved to be heard. And I could still put it out there, even if I wasn't as far along as somebody else. So I hate when I hear people like do that because I'm like, well, like you got to start somewhere, you know? Yeah, totally. I'm so happy that you said that because I think that those kinds of posts, I mean, it it takes enough courage as it is to do the thing, launch the thing, start the thing, show up, be visible, be seen, be heard. It's really hard for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, those kinds of posts don't help anybody. And actually they shut people down and they stifle them and make them feel like their voice doesn't matter or, or Mm -hmm. can't, um, can't create change or can't have an impact. And so, yeah, we got to unfollow folks who make us feel any kind of way about doing that. Um, It's hard enough as it is. It really is. And also, if that's the way that you feel, I would encourage you to ask yourself if you are stifling your own voice. And maybe that's why you feel like other people should be doing it to themselves. I don't know. I don't Mm. know you. But I think there's a lot of that. Like, oh, you think that you can do whatever? Well, I'm not doing that because I am more ethical. It's like, that's a, I I care. I do care about ethical business. Everyone who listens to this knows like I've all, I've got all kinds of stuff to say about the bro marketers and deceiving marketing and those kinds of tactics. But also I think that there's a way that we can use that to like tell people not to be bold. Yeah. And that is going to hold people who are maybe in the who do not feel the level of confidence that somebody who had a different lived experience is going to feel people who don't have that level of confidence because of what they went through are going to be the ones who are going to hear that and be like okay well I guess that I just shouldn't say anything so yeah anyways I had something really great to say but I it slipped out of my head. So <laughs> just, me all yeah, we'll just leave it there. It'll probably pop back into my head later on. When it does, you just jump in with it. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. Uh, 
So, okay, let's talk about this idea of leading with empathy and understanding your audience. Yeah. I want to know more about what you mean by that. And I feel like, yeah, it's going to go where it goes. Yeah. And in fact, I've said for a long time, leading with empathy, you might argue that it should be leading with compassion because that's more Mm. action oriented. Or Mm. even I had a client of mine who said, um, talked about leading in solidarity with people, which I love even more because that means you're not just kind of being empathetic from a distance. You are actually standing shoulder to shoulder with people and Mm -hmm. really not only taking the time to understand them and what matters to them, but you are in their corner. You're fighting for them with them. Um, Yeah. They're, they're, what's important to them is important to you, that kind of thing. So I, I really love that reframe. Um, but essentially it is about, and I always, I probably need a a better metaphor or analogy, but I always talk about it in terms of a scale. So when we're thinking about serving others, they're on one side of the scale, these other people, these people that you most want to serve, support, help, Um, And then you're on the other side. And um, we always want to make sure that both sides are balanced. So it Mm. can be very easy for them to tip one way or the other. Um, So as I say this, like we can't forget about you in this equation. Like everything Mm -hmm. that you bring to the table is still super important. But it's also really important that you actually understand your your folks. And sometimes, especially if you're newer in business, you just got to start working with people. You just got to get that experience. Um, You've got to be that beginner. You know, I always think back to when I first started my business and I was terrified about getting on sales calls. And I was I was so shy and like just, yeah, just not just not who I am today because now I love a good sales call. But um, it's really about asking people, you know, what what is it that you're struggling with? Um, I think that most of the time we can throw out those client avatars that, that we think that we have to have because the only really helpful pieces are, you know, when you think about the people you most want to serve, what are they struggling with? How are they feeling? And how mm-hmm. can you speak to that in a way that makes them feel seen and heard and understood? Mm-hmm. So that's really what it's about. And we can't forget that. That always needs to be a part of the the equation. We've always got to be thinking about how we can bridge the gap. And much of the time we can use, we can leverage our own experiences, our own stories um, in service of them and say, look, you know, I was there and here's what I discovered is is possible. It's not about having all the answers, yeah. but just... Um, sharing the ideas, the insights that you have as a result of your journey and finding ways to be of service from that place and finding ways to connect from that place. It's kind Mm -hmm. of that me too factor, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, I've been there too, or, you know, I've witnessed this um, firsthand and people struggling with this so that people just feel less alone. And I really believe that that's our greatest gift that we can give to the world or give to anyone is to let them know that they're they're not alone. So that's really what it's all about. Yeah, I love that. I And it kind of brings up something that I've been thinking about. I've not really thought this through that much. This is probably the first time that I'm going to say it publicly, and I'm really curious to hear what your thoughts are on it. Um, so I'm sure that you, you've seen this as well. Over the past like couple of years, I feel like there's been this rise in this idea of like 
playing on people's trauma in marketing, mm. in, in copy, mm-hmm. and like pain points. Mm. So like you shouldn't use pain points because you're going to like play, you're going to like make people feel bad and you're going to play on people's trauma. And I get it, of course. And I, I totally have seen it happen in a way that is really shitty. And I also have seen this thing happen where now people think that like they shouldn't talk about the way that people are feeling because that is playing on people's trauma. And from where I'm sitting, I'm like, I think that it might have been playing on your trauma to tell you that you're not good if you do that. And now you're like feeling like you can't say anything. So that's the first piece is I'm like, I don't know. Like I, I don't, I just, I don't know. But the other piece is like, I don't think that not talking about it is helping. Like not talking about the way that people feel isn't help. So there's definitely a line. And I'm curious to know if you have thoughts on the line, if you feel like things have swung too far in one direction, like, I don't know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think there are a few things to think about. And I'm so glad that you brought this up. Because the first thing is, what is the intention? You know, what is our intention? What place are we coming from? How aware are we of our audience, are they the same as us? Have they gone through the same things? We've got to assume that there's a lot of unknowns there. So we've really got to be very intentional and very careful with our words. We don't want to cause harm with our words. So we have to come from that place. And now the fact, the reality is sometimes you might mess up, you might make a mistake. Someone might say, oh, you know, I really that really kind of rubbed me up the wrong way. And and that's okay. You you get to make mistakes. You're a human being and you you don't do that again. Um, but I yeah. think that, you know, so so just having the right intention doesn't mean that you won't screw, screw up, but it does mean that it's much less likely. And then I also think, you know, the beautiful thing about life is that two things can always be true at the same time. And so, you know, that's true when you think about the fact that things can be good and bad at the same time. You can have a a day that's full of some highlights and some not so great spots. And the same thing, um, yeah, when you're thinking about copy that you're writing, there's a way to really, you know, you could really press on people's pain points or you could think about the fact that they're struggling with that and the fact that I know they're feeling that way means that they need a message from me that tells them that they're hope, that there's hope. So that's, that's always that next connecting piece is you've got to understand where they're coming from in order to give them hope that things can be different from them. And, and you're going to, you know, you're going to do your utmost to get them there. Um, so at the same time, yeah, as they're maybe not in this great place on the other side of that is this incredible opportunity to really bring your strengths into play and your experiences into play and your expertise into play in service of them. Um, so yeah, that's something to think about. And so a a beautiful way to flip that is to, you know, ask people to visualize or imagine a different future. Um, you don't necessarily need to explicitly call out exactly how they're feeling. Do you feel overwhelmed, frustrated? And, you know, you, you might, you can, um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but again, it's very much about being intentional with your words, thinking about the kind of impact that you're going to have and being extremely mindful of that. Yeah. What I really love about what you're saying is like, because I think about, as I've been thinking about this more and more, I've been thinking about how you can 
know a lot about what people are going through and you can use that to try to get something out of them. And you can also know a lot about what people are going or what people are going through and then like like you're saying, speak to that in a really empathetic way and be really mindful of how they feel when you're talking to them and right identifying with them and letting them know like that there is hope. Um and the line I think can sometimes be very sometimes can be a very fine line. Uh, and I love what, that what you're saying is you're not giving like a, here's what to do and what not to do. Here's the checklist on how to do the copy the right way, because it's really not, it's really not about that. It's more about, like, I always tell people, um, and, and this is something that thank God for my coach, Lena West, because I've, I know this to be true. And I'm sure one of the reasons I talk about it is because it's something that I struggle with. It's so easy to fall back into what's the right thing to do next? And it's like the right thing, the right next step, the black and white right next thing, it doesn't exist. Like you have to focus on like where you're, what's going on with you. And like, if you're in the right headspace and like what your intention is as you move into this and are you thinking critically as you move forward and like use that and then like you might fuck it up. And if you do, you're going to learn something from it. And it's probably not going to be fun to get the feedback, but like you have to write. And so I love that what you're saying is like, you know, it's not about like, do this and don't do that. It's more about like, hey, you know, make sure that you're not trying to like, make sure that your intentions are in the right place. Make sure that you're being really thoughtful about where people are coming from. And then also know that like, you still might not get it right. And uh, you got to kind of be willing to let that happen yeah and you know I think as well something that's really important and I touched on this earlier when I was talking about that scale but is to remember and I'm assuming that all of your listeners are are good folks you know we don't have anyone listening here who wants to manipulate people or get them to do something that they don't want I'm assuming this is what I'm trying to tell people all the time I'm like listen I you don't need me to tell you to not be a douchebag that's why we're having a conversation I'm guessing we're all adults here we're all you know striving you know we have that growth mindset we're all, all striving to do better be better so often and especially with women or especially with um under recognized or underestimated folks you see you see people worrying, worrying so much about this and worrying so much about doing it in the wrong way or triggering people or, you know, being um, chastised that they don't say anything at all. And so in my mind, the most important thing to remember, my friend Charlie Gilkey talks about each of us um, having medicine to offer the world. And so Mm -hmm. really truly believing that you actually do have medicine to offer the world. And that the only Mm -hmm. way the world is gonna find out about your medicine is by you using your voice, either through the written word or the spoken word. And Mm -hmm. when you do that, trusting yourself, trusting that you will Mm -hmm. show up authentically because you actually care about people and you actually care about making a difference and helping them in some way. And so I, I, that's really what I mean when I talk about leading with empathy or leading in solidarity with people. It's, it's not only having those folks in mind and caring about them, but it's believing 
that you have something that can help them. And it's mm-hmm. believing, you know, owning, I talk about it in terms of owning your power, owning your personal power. You know, it's this limitless resource and we can draw on that in service of others. And so it's it's important that we don't lose sight of that fact as well, because again, yeah. people find it hard enough to speak up, to be visible, to show up. And like, it's gonna be uncomfortable at times. You're gonna feel like a beginner. Um, it's not going to be perfect. It probably will never be perfect. Um, we have to put perfection to one side, but just trust that you're going to do the best you can with what you have at any given moment and leading from that place and leading by example as you do it, because other people will see you doing it and it will give them freedom to, to do the same and, and permission to, um, yeah, permission to be a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't speak, the meatheads are going to keep rising to the top. Oh, the meatheads. The meatheads. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nikki, you um, have been gracious enough to share with our listeners a free chapter of your book. And I know that you have your podcast. Do you want to share with folks like what they can find in those places so that if they want to hear more from you, they can they can direct themselves to the right place? Yeah, of course. So I did write a book called Power of Your Own and you can find the free chapter at nikkigroom.com forward slash book. I do have a podcast called Movement Makers. Brooke should be on there by the time you listen to this episode. So definitely hop on over and listen to our chat when the the roles are reversed somewhat. Um, and I've had loads of great conversations with so many amazing folks. You can also find that on my website, nikkigroom.com forward slash podcast or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, you can also find me on social media. So I'm pretty much everywhere at Nikki Groom. I'm very active on Instagram, um, if not necessarily on my feed, in my stories and in my DMs. So come on over, give me a shout, tell me that you heard this interview and I'd love to connect with you. Amazing. Amazing. Um, I'll put all of that in the show notes as well for everybody who's listening. If you want to find more from Nikki. Thank you. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to make sure to leave our listeners with today? You're allowed to say no. I say that all the time. You can break this rule and not have an answer to this question. But if there is anything. I am just so grateful that we had this conversation. I think we talked about some really important things. And uh, yeah, if, if anything that I said gave someone else a little bit more confidence in using their voice and uh, creating the change that that they want in the world, um, then my work is done. So I just appreciate the platform and the opportunity. Yeah, thank you. I'm I appreciate you being here. Um, we I had multiple people say to me, you know, Nikki Groom, right? And I'm like, no, I don't. But now, like, no, I don't. And then I, I found you. And then somebody else, like that same week, was like, I feel like you need to connect with this person. And I was like, okay, all right. I've heard you all. I'm, I'm finding my people. And then, very small world, I found out that you live in the town that I used to live in. Yes, that's right. Bizarre. I'd forgotten about that. We totally need to have an in-person meetup at some point. Yeah, like what is going on? I mean, I'm on a different coast now, but like. I mean, my family lives very close to you. I yeah. spent a lot of time in that town. I saw you post something and I was like, oh my gosh, I used to work there and I lived like the island next. To- and you were like, I live here. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I used to live in Providence, but now I live in Newport and it's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. I love living here. And you you know that. I don't need to tell you. So um, that yes. would be really fun if you are ever over this way. That would be fun the, to me. The next up. time that I'm over that way, yeah. I will have to get in touch with you. How long have you been there? Definitely. Um, since 2020. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So I left there like 10 years ago, but 
I love having it as a place to visit. I mean, it's a beautiful yeah. place to have family so that like it's a place that I have to go back to. Yeah. And I just look at the ocean. And yeah. It's just so it is cold today though. So December is, is not the time to be in Newport, Rhode Island. <laughs> no. And you know, the funny thing is that for the longest time, I only ever went home for the holidays and I went home for, I mean, sadly it was for my grandmother's memorial, but it was over the summer. And I was like, this was like a couple of years ago. And I was like, what have I been doing? Like, I need to, I need to no longer come home on the holidays and like, be like, you're not going to see me for Christmas, but you will see me at a random moment in yeah. the middle of the summer because you got New England that. summers are just, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You got yeah. that twisted. You got to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get my shit together. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki, this was so much fun. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Thank you very much for having me. Transcend Your Dichotomy is a production of Passion and Process Collaborative, LLC. The show is produced by me, Brooke Monahan, with production and marketing support from Julia Pink. Crunch Johnny creates blog posts from some of our episodes, which you can find on the episode page at brooke-monahan.com slash podcast, along with a transcript of today's episode and any other resources I shared today. If you're ready to put this work into action, head to brooke-monahan.com to learn more about Transcend Your Dichotomy Training Camp and coaching with me. Love y'all. See you next week.